Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Once again, welcome everybody online, everybody in the building, in the room. So glad you're here today. We begin a brand new theme this week, this month, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. We've got some really good surprises for you this month as well. Uh, our theme this month is called Supernatural. Supernatural. It'll be a little bit self-explanatory as we kind of get into it, what it is, what it means, and why we're talking about it. I'm going to kind of piggyback a little bit on last month. We're not departing from that thought completely, but we're not staying right in the same vein. Supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. supernatural. Say, my life is designed by God to be supernatural. Amen. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in healing? Do you believe God can do anything? Well, then we're going to talk about that a little bit this month. Philippians 2 is where we're going to begin at the end of verse 12. From the message, really powerful, powerful um, in the message here. Listen, be energetic. I love that even by itself. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God, because that energy is God's energy. The anointing, we call it the anointing. The energy, that energy is God's energy and energy deep within you, God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Do everything readily and cheerfully, no bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night. Carry the light-giving message in the night. I love that. Your life is about giving others anointed glimpses of God. Luke chapter 9 says it this way in God's Word translation, verse 1. Jesus called the 12 apostles together and gave them power and authority over a few demons. Is that what it says? Most demons. 99%. No. Gave them power and authority over every demon and power and authority to cure diseases. And he sent them to spread the message about the kingdom of God and to cure the sick. Finally, 1 John 2.20 from the Amplified says this, but you have been anointed by you hold a sacred appointment from, you have been given an unction from the Holy One, and you all know the truth, or you know all things, or I would say this way, everything you need to know, you know in Him. Let's pray together one more time. Father, we ask you to open the eyes of our heart today and give us understanding that we can activate and energize that which you've placed inside of us supernaturally. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Supernatural, here's my tagline. Here's the, here's the thought behind it. Supernatural, you don't need to be superman, super spiritual, or superficial. You just need to be supernatural. You don't need to be superman, 
super spiritual or superficial. You just need to be supernatural. If you're a follower of Christ Jesus, you only need to be the very best version of yourself. Nobody's perfect, right? But sometimes we hide behind that as an excuse. We are supernatural. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation altogether. All things have passed away, all things have become new. That doesn't mean you're not gonna have a bad mood tomorrow, but it does mean that you have power when the mood comes. It means you have a choice, especially when you're in front of somebody else, to kind of pull that back. I heard someone say recently that in times gone by, if you felt the call of God into ministry, your choices were limited to pastor, evangelist, or missionary. And that's a really, that, that's, those things still exist. I'll talk about them more in a moment. But thank the Lord we're beginning to understand more and more that every believer has already received the call to ministry. And the problem is, when I say that, some people shut down and get intimidated because you think that's going to require you to be something that you're not or something that you can't be. And it's not true. It's just not true because it's, it's not dependent on you. It's dependent on God. So you, you have a ministry. You, you are called. We kind of brought that point up last month, but I want to say it again. You have a call of God. You might not have ever felt a lightning bolt, a goose bump, or a directive to come forward at an altar call to receive or respond to that, but you have a call of God. And you don't have to misconstrue that because it doesn't mean you have to do what I do or Pastor Lindsay does. It doesn't mean you have to be a missionary like the stewards to Jamaica. You, in fact, a lot of people get intimidated because they think that the call of God means that God is going to require something of you that you absolutely do not want to do. And yet that is inconsistent with the scriptures and the promise that God will align your heart with his if you give your heart to him and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, will there be moments where your will and his will cross? Sure. And you choose, let your will be done, not my will be done. But if you think you're gonna have to do something you hate or you're not equipped to do, you need to break that spirit of intimidation right now because that's not true. That's a lie. That is fake news, okay? That is fake gospel news. God will only ask you to do what he will equip you to do, already gave you the talent and ability to do, even if it's been hidden, even if it's been pushed down. So God will not, God is not going to ask you and torture you with something. I remember when I first told a few people I felt called to ministry in 1983, I still was wrestling with the whole thing about whether it was gonna be financial ministry because I was in the insurance business and I was doing pretty well. And at times when, when God was blessing my insurance business, my feeling was, oh good, I'll just be a giver and I'll minister. I was a head usher in my local church at the age of 22. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll serve in the church. I'll serve in the community, but I'll be a, a giver. That was what I, that's, that's, my wife and I love to give, live to give. So that was a part of what we saw. But then every time I would kind of say that out loud, God would kind of shut the faucet off a little bit. And I'd be like, okay, I'll preach, I'll preach, I'll preach, I'll preach. The desire was there, but God had to stir up and then equip, and then, then it takes time. 
Many are called, few are chosen. Now, don't get, don't misunderstand. Here's the problem. We just need to redefine what ministry actually is. Ministry is different than you think it is. Nearly all the dictionaries, I, I looked up a bunch of dictionary definitions this week. Nearly all the dictionaries have the wrong definition. They have a wrong definition about calling and ministry because they try to put it in a traditional setting and not in a biblical actual understanding. God wants to do something great in your life. Don't be intimidated by it. Church leadership is certainly reality as in the fivefold ministry, the offices. The Bible talks about in Ephesians 4, it says this, verse 11, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. I'll come back to that in a second for, for verse 12. But let me just say this way. People get a misunderstanding. Yes, there are, there's a fivefold ministry, but that's not all the calling that there is. That's not, that doesn't even scratch the surface. That doesn't even talk about people that are called to intercede and pull down strongholds. People that are called to helps ministry. People that are called, yeah, so within the body there are callings, but through the body, everyone's called. And wherever you're called, you're anointed when you accept it as a call of God. You have a ministry, you have a calling. We gotta redefine it. See, here's the deal. The fivefold ministry, I, I learned this many years ago and some of you might benefit from this. So the, the fivefold ministry is like the hand. How many see how small the hand is compared to my body? Fivefold ministry is just the hand. That's just what it is. The apostle is like the thumb because he can touch all the other offices, all the other anointings and help from his position and he can travel out further. Okay, that's the, that's the apostle. You can get away from them and go out. This is the prophet. The prophet is like the pointer finger because he, he points out sin needs to repent, we need to repent of, but he also points to the direction that God is leading us. That's the prophetic. Now, I will say this, the evangelist, you have to be very careful in public. Because if you turn the evangelist around, people misunderstand. The evangelist goes out, sticks out further than anybody else. He goes out and ministers to the lost. He puts and, and inspires the body to become lengthened longer to reach more souls. The ring finger is the pastor because he's married to the local church. That's the ring finger. And the, and the, and the teacher is like the pinky finger. Why? Because he can get in little places that anything else can't get in. Isn't that good? Put it together and you got a fist. You got some power. You, can, you got some power behind it. So we need fivefold ministry. And by the way, those things did not disappear when the Bible was done being written. That's another message for another time, but I promise you, I can prove it to you from scripture. <clears throat> There's no place that said that that's gonna end. We just have to see those right. See, the problem is we start seeing apostles. We, we think the apostles were just the original 12 plus Paul and somehow they glowed in the dark and walked on water. And yet the word shows us all of their flaws, all of their humanity. I mean, Peter rejected Jesus and denied him three times. He 
runs away. What is his reaction when they said, what, what are you going to do, Peter? He said, I'm going fishing. I'm headed, to the, I'm headed back to what I used to know. I'm headed back to my old job. I'm just going to go back and start my business up again. He didn't understand that the call was still there. He just couldn't, he couldn't justify in his mind if Jesus is dead. Ephesians 4, verse 12. Let me go back to verse 11 again first. <clears throat> he himself, Jesus, gave some, everybody say some. Some to the apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, fivefold ministry. For the equipping of the saints. Now this, isn't, this is not a New Orleans football team here. This is, this is the saints is anybody saved. You don't have to be voted to be a saint. You don't have to be uh, beatified to be a saint. You don't have to walk on water to be a saint. If you have Jesus in you, you're already a saint, okay? So the purpose of five-fold ministry, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, and it goes on to say, until we all grow up. So two things. Why? Why? People misconstrue. And see, here's what the, here's what the dictionary tells the ministry is. Clergyman. It's clergyman. What do you need? You need prayer? You need clergyman. To fly in in his robe. Pray for you because he's the only one that can tell you what God is saying and the only one that can pray for you. It's a lot. It's a deception, it's smoke and mirrors. Now I know there's a lot of truths in the Bible that are not mentioned. The word Trinity is never in the Bible, but the concept is from Genesis to Revelation. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. One God in three persons. But the word clergy or laity, layman, what, is, what the heck is a layman? What do you do? Well, I lay here. Go to church, what are you there? I lay there. What's a layman? Clergyman and layman. Clergyman is up here. Layman is down here. Because we gave you a piece of paper that says, you're clergyman and you're layman. And your piece of paper is very much smaller if you get a piece of paper. It's a deception. The purpose of five-fold ministry is two things. Number one, provide every believer with the tools and the weapons needed to fulfill your or their ministry. Got it? Number one. Number two, build up the body of the anointed one is anointing like a coach or personal trainer builds up a body of their client. The reason why you need us is because we're coaches and trainers trying to get you to grow, trying to get you to build up Trying to get you to rise up. That's our job. But we're not any more important to God than you are. In fact, you're more important than we are. We're, we're, we're just trying, we're, we're here. Listen, <clears throat> on, the, on the sidelines of any football game, I defy you to find the strength coach on the sidelines of a football team. They're there, but you don't know who they are and I don't know who they are. You're the players on the field. We're the coaches on the sideline behind the scenes. 
And just somehow we've gotten things confused and, and, and we got them out of whack so that everything's done by clergyman. But you don't have to be Superman. You don't have to be superficial. You don't have to be super spiritual. You just have to be supernatural. Amen. You're anointed. Yes. Ministry in the traditional sense was never supposed to be locked up in a cathedral. So I had to write my own definition, my own working definition of ministry because it's not in the dictionary. To me, ministry is using all of your God-given talents, abilities, and resources to serve others, to fulfill the divine assignment and purpose for which you were born. That means some of you are anointed for business. Some of you are anointed to be police officers, deputies. Talked about last week how important you are, the call of being a teacher. You work in a factory, you're in an office, you're supernatural there too. Don't let the enemy push you down and try to keep you locked up when God wants to do something great. By and large, the world, even those, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> who reject God are actually looking for a supernatural source of power that works. People are looking for a supernatural source of power that works. They're not looking for new religion right now. Some will, some will look through religion, but they're not looking for religion. They're looking for something else. We'll talk about it more in a few minutes. But they're looking for something supernatural. Yeah. Jeremiah was born to be a prophet to the nations. <clears throat> but we've got an, we have a need to celebrate and honor all the callings. Yeah. Your calling is as important and you can reach completely different people than what the person next to you can reach. Because you have a whole different sphere of influence. Look at how popular Marvel and DC superheroes are. Why? Because especially young people coming up, they, 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 they want to look up to somebody. They want to they want, to see, they, they want to see power. They want to experience power. They want to know power is available and real, even if it's not. But they're looking for supernatural power, and they're looking for life that works. Listen, you know what people are looking for? They're looking for somebody who has peace. They're looking for somebody who's not depressed all the time, not complaining and jumping into the fray of everybody complaining about this, that, and the other thing at work. They're looking for somebody who has an inner joy. Not you have to be smiling and laughing all the time, but an inner joy, a contentment. They're looking for marriages that really work even when there are hard moments, but they keep going and working together. They're looking for life that works. They're looking for families that love each other and work through problems. How do we know the world is looking? Huh. Look around. Almost every TV show now. Some people believe in luck. Horseshoes, rabbit's feet. I almost wrote down rabbit foots, but that's not right. Horseshoes, rabbit's feet, wearing the same 
closed like in sports. You know, uh, the teams were coming out of the tunnel yesterday for college football, and they all had to touch the, touch the wall or touch the ceiling or touch the rock or, or pat the gator on the head or whatever else. That didn't work. <clears throat> Wearing the lucky socks. Well, you know, I did figure out why the gators lost yesterday because I didn't wear my shoes that I usually wear. Lucky or unlucky numbers. They're looking, they, they believe in luck. They leave, believe in actions that are lucky or unlucky. Breaking a mirror, walking on the ladder, or animals, black cats. Some even fear certain numbers like 13. I mean, you have, you have whole hotels that won't have a 13th floor listed. Even though you know it's the 13th floor, they just skipped it and put 14. Duh. It's crazy. Some people believe in omens, following signs. Problem is, Mark 16 says, these signs will follow you. Those who believe and follow Christ, <clears throat> signs will follow them. Some believe in following signs. Some follow the stars, horoscopes, astrology. Some believe in seers, fortune tellers, tarot cards, tea leaves, palm reading, Ouija boards, roots, even consulting the dead. You know, when I was in the insurance business years ago, there was a family in Bellevue that there's several branches of them and they all, they're all seers without God. And, they, and people come to them and, and they get paid <clears throat> to tell fortunes. <laughs> Here's the problem. Every time I went to collect their insurance, they were broke. I kid you not. Why would you go to somebody you think is a seer who doesn't have two cents to rub together? Duh. It's like going to marriage counseling with Elizabeth Taylor. Married seven times. Oh, she knows something about it. Well, yeah. She knows something about weddings. Doesn't know a lot about staying married. Some people believe in magic. Satanic worship or demonic witchcraft, voodoo, sorcery, spells or incantations. But boy, do I have a verse for you. Isaiah 8 verse 19 clarifies for those of you who have dabbled from the message. When people tell you, Try out the fortune tellers. Consult the spiritualists. Why not tap into the spirit world? Get in touch with the dead. Tell them, no, we're going to study the scriptures. <laughs> I love that. Tell them, no, we're going to study the scriptures, Isaiah said. People who try the other ways get nowhere. A dead end. Frustrated and famished, they try one thing after another. When nothing works out, they get angry. Cursing first this God and then that one looking this way and then up and down and sideways and seeing nothing, a blank wall, an empty hole. They will end up in the dark with nothing. But not you. You bring light into the darkness simply by walking a supernatural life. I love that. In case, you didn't get, in case it wasn't clear enough for you, I remember when I was about 13, 14, <clears throat> my, uh, my birthday is 
mid-April, which by the way, my, April, my birthday is April 13th. So 13th has always been a good number for me, okay? Started out, I still love 13. That's my, I got 13 on t-shirts, that's my number. I have no triskaidekaphobia. That's the fear of desks. No, no, no. Fear of triskaidekaphobia. That's the fear of number 13. That's what they, they even have a name for it. People are so freaked out about it. But on, on one of those birthdays, I didn't know what I wanted for my birthday. So I said to my Presbyterian, wonderful, loving parents, I want a Ouija board. And my parents said, okay. Must be a game from Milton Bradley. That's how they sell it or sold it back then. <clears throat> so they got it for me. God's honest truth. In order to do a Ouija board, you have to have at least two people. I couldn't find anybody to play with me. And a couple days later, because my birthday's around Easter, my aunt, you remember I told you about my, my crazy aunt from New Jersey? My aunt Marilyn was an intercessor, <clears throat> anointed of God, very discerning, knew me better than I knew myself, saw stuff in me before I ever thought of it. She comes down and she said, what'd you get for your birthday? I bring out, hey, there's a Ouija board. Why don't you play with me? She's a spirit-filled Christian. She said, no, 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 I'll do something better. She said, I'll give you $30 for it if you promise you'll never touch one again in your life. It was probably about an $8 game in, in that year. I said, for 30 bucks, I'll throw it at my sister. <laughs> 30 bucks to me sounded like a fortune. I thought that was a, that, that was a great deal. I never touched one again in my life. Because when, folks, you don't realize when you mess with that stuff, you open yourself up to demonic power. Then you wonder why stuff tries to invade your sleep. Why stuff tries to mess up your life. And you might've been innocent. I was innocent in it. But you can innocently open the door to the wrong thing. Some people get up, some people will not leave their house till they read their horoscope. Yeah, I mean, why would you follow something that has horror in it? I mean, think about it, it's a horror scope. It makes no sense to me. But everybody here, I just had somebody recently say, oh, um, I, I was, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn, what are you? I'm an anointed child of God, that's what I am. I was, born under, I was born under the sign of cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. The, the, the sign I was born under said yield. I yield to God. That's my sign. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 1, there's nothing new under heaven. So here's what you have to know. All these things have been going on for thousands of years. Since the beginning of time, people have tried to find other ways to heaven, other ways to connect with the power of God. Cain himself tried an alternative to God and wound up a murderer. Because the Bible says there's only one name given among men whereby we might be empowered or saved or sozo to be set free. Spirit, soul, and body happens through one name and one name only. There's a lot of people that are confused about that. Do you know that a recent survey showed that over half 
of the young people raised in church recently in this generation, over half believe that there are many avenues to heaven. That Jesus, they don't know that Jesus is the only name, the only one, the only salvation. There is no salvation in any other, say amen. amen. But here's the deal. People are searching, and here's what I believe they're searching for. People are searching for supernatural blessings. They're looking for power. They're looking for strength. They're looking for energy, acceptance, identity, favor, miracles, faith, hope, and love. But like one singer said back in the 80s, looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. See, looking for love in the wrong spot. You're looking for those needs to be met that it can only be met in Christ, in Christ alone. People are searching though for blessings. They want that. They want that touch. And you, listen, that's what I was searching for as a young person. I just didn't know it. That's what you were searching for. You just didn't know it till the light bulb went on. So God dealt with your heart and you responded and gave him your heart, gave him your life. But here's the truth, almost done. Whatever people look to for power, they end up worshiping. Whatever people look to for power, they will end up worshiping. See, that's why, see our heavenly father is protective of his own. Idolatry is destructive, that's why he says, you shall have no other gods before me. That's why he says, don't use my name in vain. That's why he said, there's only one God. There's only one. Not because he's trying to be egotistical, because he's trying to protect you with his love. Because the moment you start looking for power in the wrong source, you open the door. The good news is you can repent today. You can cry out to God right where you are at home right where you are watching today. See, worship generates identity. The whole world's in an identity crisis right now, <clears throat> but worship generates identity. Whatever you worship, you become like. Right. Now, I knew this to be true, but on my first trip to India, I saw it in action. People that worship the snake god acted like snakes. People that worship the monkey god acted like monkeys. I don't even want to tell you about what the people that worship elephants look like. You take on the image that you bow to. That's why I felt so good a few moments ago when we just worshiped God, worshiped Jesus, lifted his name, lifted his power, and you sensed a connection. I hope you did. If your heart is right, then you sense something in that moment in a brand new song you never heard maybe before or you didn't know the words, but as we sang and just gave him place and gave him reverential awe, his presence comes. And then you are being conformed into the image of God's son, Jesus. Worship generates identity. Whatever you worship, you'll become like. We are created in the image of God and God is forming Christ in you and Christ in you is the hope of glory in this life. 
Moses said, show me your glory, God. I want to touch that supernatural of you. And God made his glory pass by. And in it was his grace, his mercy, and the power of his name. Here's the truth. You're called to be a blessing dispenser. I have my little Pez dispenser here. In case you don't know what a dispenser is, this is Aladdin. My grandkids have others. You pull Aladdin's head back and he serves you a blessing. Okay? And somebody, if somebody came and got the blessing and I did it again, there'd be another blessing there. Because as long as you get, as long as you fill this up, this dispenser with blessing, then what happens is every time somebody else needs a blessing, it's right there. You're a blessing dispenser. You're, now, I know your kids already think you are, but you are an ATM. <clears throat> now, you're not a cash ATM. You're a blessing ATM. And you don't know what other people's needs are, but what they need is locked up in you. And you have to think of it as an ATM because an ATM, you see cars or people lining up. And yet we think nobody's interested in what we have. It's just not true. They're just looking in the wrong spot. You're not a religion dispenser. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Goodness of God. You're the spout where the glory comes out. Genesis 12 said this way from the beginning in the Abrahamic covenant. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land I'll show you and I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse them who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, you are a blessing machine. As one English pastor said, you're a blessing machine. You're filled up with blessings. You're filled up with answers. You're filled up with wisdom. You're filled up with love. You're filled up with mercy. You're filled up with grace. That's why it's so important you keep growing in God. Because, the, listen, there's, there's about room for maybe seven or eight of these Pez candies. And then you got to reload. And if you, if you don't reload, it's just an awkward piece of plastic with a head on it. If this guy loses his purpose, he's going to need 40 nights. You got to fill it up. And every time you open it, the blessings there. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I don't feel blessed. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me what you feel. It doesn't matter to God what you feel. In fact, he didn't even ask you how you felt. He's telling you, you have his heart if you just tap into it and choose to walk as a blessing machine.
Wouldn't it be cool if we understood that people with needs are lining up to unlock their spiritual blessings stored up within our lives and we don't have to be religious about it? We just have to be there. I know how many times my wife and I have been eating dinner and just a waiter, waitress, server just started chatting with us and just started opening up their lives. (laughs) I'm just trying to have a steak. What is that? Why are they telling us? Because God is in us. Christ in you. The hope of glory. People looking for the supernatural. What Jesus did to empower the first disciples in the early church didn't stop with them. He gave them power and authority over every demon and to heal the sick. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, Jesus said, they'll cast out demons, speak with new tongues. The final part of that phrase is, they will lay their hands or touch the sick, and the sick shall recover. Didn't say, clergyman is your answer. What you need to come to your hospital bed. They will leave tall buildings in a single bound, faster than a speeding bullet. My friends, I love you. My gift is not hospital visitation. If I come to see you in the hospital, they've called in the last resort. I love you. Now, that, that, that's different if you're having a baby or something, okay? I'll, but I'm just saying to you, we all have different gifts, but some of you, the heart, I'm in the hand up here. Some of you are the heart of the body and they need you in the hospital room. I'll pray. I'll even go to the hospital. I'll, Lord knows I've been done my share of hospital visits. But you don't need clergyman. You need an anointed believer whose gift is to be there with you. Don't get upset about it. The Bible shows us the humanity of Peter, Thomas, Paul, all of them, to demonstrate that if he can work supernatural dunamis power through them, he can do it through us too. All of us, not us, us, y'all us. Bottom line, finishing up, if the church won't take the supernatural power of God into the world, people will keep seeking other sources and wind up bound. If the church, if you won't be supernatural, if you won't be supernatural as a carrier of Jesus in you, then they keep having to look at everything else. And then they wind up hurting more and more bound and don't understand why.
For the last 2,000 years, the traditional church has become so passive about the power of the risen Christ that's available to every believer by looking for excuses to believe. Theologically, it's called cessationism, that, that all the power of God ceased when the Bible was completed. It's just not true. The early church was born in the power of the Holy Spirit. They went everywhere, distributing, dispensing the life-giving power of God, the kingdom of God. I'll finish with this. The only true supernatural, as Tim's story said years ago, is when God's super works, works through your natural. Amen. When God's super works through your natural, you got something that can change the world. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you. We break intimidation today. And we come before your presence to empower, to release, to stir up the gifts, to cause people to arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Gross darkness is covering the earth. Deep darkness is over people's hearts. But the Lord shall arise over you and his light, his glory, his power will be seen upon you. And kings and Gentiles, unsaved, lost people will be drawn to the brightness of your rising. This is your time. In our lifetimes, this may be one of the darkest times in America spiritually of your lifetime and mine. But that just means it's time for us to shine. Carry his power, carry his love, carry his presence. Be a Pez for God, a dispenser. For my friends, you are a blessing machine. If you just keep getting filled up with more of the Holy Spirit, you're a dispenser of his gifts, his presence, and his power. In Jesus' name. With head bowed, eyes closed, I just want to say this. This is a moment to open your heart to Jesus. Maybe you've never known him. It's time to open your heart. Give your heart to him. Give your life to Jesus. Maybe you've done that before, but for some reason life happened, <clears throat> and you know that you've not, you know you, do, you need to rededicate yourself. You need to, you need to give yourself back to him. It's not a one-off thing. It's a reality. It's a relationship. Some of you haven't spoken to the Lord in a while except out of anger. But God loves you so much. Maybe you're one of those who has opened a door. I'm not here to condemn anybody. It's only by the grace of God I didn't open more doors myself. But I want to say this to you. If you've opened a demonic door, you may not be able to close it by yourself. 
and get that thing out of your life. You have to begin with repentance to say, Father God, I looked for something else before I knew you, or maybe it was, an, it was even after. I looked for some other power. I looked for some fortune. I looked for something to show me my future other than you. Father, cleanse me, forgive me, set me free. I'm not gonna put anybody on the spot today, but I'm gonna say this to you. You know who you are. And if the Lord is dealing with you, if you're still in bondage in some area of your life where you just can't seem to break that hurdle, get past that thing, <clears throat> you need to repent and go to God today. Today, now. And repent for those things I talked about earlier. He loves you and wants to set you free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.